We're finishing up on the roster moves that were made. Myself and Sean spent two whole episodes predicting everything. We're one for five, I think, on our predictions. No surprise there. Not quite as bad as Craig Mish's shout for one in one million from Peter Pratt. Nevertheless, recapping on the roster moves. Also, the GM meetings have been happening. Kim Ang has loosely spoken to the media. And we have a few interesting quotes to dig into on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast and it is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Absolutely on fire right now, that Locked On Network. The boys are delivering some serious, serious numbers. Nevertheless, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. And for those that are keeping score, is there a blue tick next to this uh, account now? Yes, there is. Has he been verified because of his journalistic sources? No, he's paid $8 a month or 6 or 7 or whatever it is. Nevertheless, there's a blue tick there, and I just don't care. I just wanted to see what it, what it was all about. It has been one of the biggest things on Twitter the last few days, is talking about this verification thing. Nevertheless, Miami Marlins underscore UK, which is a verified account now <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. Uh, if you are listening to the pod, Hit subscribe. It's available still, free, everywhere, every platform, basically. This is Thursday's episode. If you are uh, wondering, do we have a YouTube channel? Yes, we do. If you are watching, hello, greetings. You see, I have no guests. I'm flying solo. No Craig Mish, no Sean Barrett. No, no, no. Just me today. Breezy Thursday pod. And the main conversation, the main topics for today, let's talk about this 40 man and the way it actually played out. Myself and Sean spent two episodes, which was 60 minutes in total of recording. 60 minutes. We went through every name, every possible name. However, now we know the results. Well, there's still maybe some water to go under this bridge, but they've got they've got enough spaces for the guys they want to bring off the IL. That was the requirement for now because the IL is gone. So we're down to 40 again. And we spent 60 minutes getting into it. And I have to hold my hands up and apologize to everyone, guys. One of the guys that was actually uh, optioned uh, waved, sorry, is the better way of phrasing it. We didn't talk about, we missed him. We missed, we didn't speak one word about Cole Salsa. So I apologize for that, guys. Our, our episodes weren't thorough enough. Nevertheless, let's just bring everyone bang up to date with what happened uh, on, uh, on, on Tuesday, mainly late Tuesday. And we got the news. Uh, so let's, let, let's kind of rattle through it here. We got the news that Brian Hoeing... Cody Poteet, Jordan Holloway. All three of those guys waved and outrighted. Cody Poteet, missing pretty much all of 23. No surprise there. Brian Hoeing, me and Sean had him locked in as what probably should have been the number one guy to be to be removed from the 40-man. Came up, wasn't good. Wasn't good in AAA, wasn't good in the majors. It's the, it's the right decision. Jordan Holloway. We spent some time talking about Jordan Holloway as well. The fact that he, again, has, you know, he's kind of 
been in and around the Marlins roster for, for many years, but just injuries continue to hold him back. A long man. And the Marlins, they have multiple guys for that role. Um, and Jordan Holloway, I think, is probably the odd man out. He's got zero minor league options, or had zero minor league options, however you want to think about it. Um, so he either had to be on the roster and the Marlins had to commit to him at some point um, or end up waiving him anyway. So they've made that call now. And I think that's the right call, too. We did kind of talk about it, you know, Holloway or Nidert or Castano, obviously Poteet missing the whole of the year as well in 23. So, you know, they had to, someone had to go. The thought was maybe, well, we'll talk about that in a second, about, you know, who's done well to survive, but it is not the end of the road for those guys. It certainly isn't, because this roster isn't finished, right? We know the Marlins are going to make some moves to upgrade the roster, most likely via trades. Some of those trade pieces that go the other way to the other clubs, they may not be on the 40-man right now. For example, right now, Uri Perez, not on the 40-man. He should not be moved, by the way. Um, and also, we've, got, we've had a new uh, prospect update, actually, as well today, I've seen. So we'll, we'll touch on that briefly as well. So, Hoeing, gone. Rightly so. Me and Sean called him. Doesn't take a genius for that one. Jordan Holloway, one of the long-man options with zero options. He's gone. Right call. Right call. Sticking with Dan Castano. Dan Castano, I think, can fill that role, particularly with Poteet out the mix now for uh, for 23. Um, so... Those were some of the easy ones. Um, like I said, so Poteet as well. And in some ways, they took like a loose risk there with Poteet because like he's, he performed well and pitched well at the major league level across, what, two seasons now. And he's obviously, it's the Tommy John is the reason that, that he's been removed from the 40-man. He can't contribute this year. So they took, I guess, a calculated risk with, with Cody Poteet. He's got three minor league options still. So if he was claimed... Um, you know, it's you know, someone could have stashed him away um, for some time, but that wasn't the way it played out. So nice calculated risk for the Marlins. They clear Poteet. He goes in, down to AAA. He'll be on the IL all of the year, and, uh, you know, it'll be what it'll be. Then we get into, so they had two more spots to sort out. This is where things started to get wild, and no one predicted, well, Luke Williams we talked about. We did talk about the fact that Luke Williams, Jose Devers, Ooh, could that be a conversation? Luke Williams, how did he perform? I mean, in parts, Luke Williams was okay. And we, we have to call it out that he seemed okay because all of the lineup was terrible. Like the, the production, they all had down years, according to Miguel Rojas. Uh, El Capitan on the Rose rotation recently uh, basically called out everyone. God, I'm flicking around here again, but there's so much going on right now in, in Marlin's world. Um, but what a stunning episode. Uh, Miggy Rowe back with Chris Rose. And he's fresh off his holiday. He's been traveling around Europe. I, he didn't text me. You know, he was in, he, I, was in, I was in a short hop away from him. I didn't get the text. Let's meet for Sangria Pete and put all bygones behind us. No, nothing. No, of course not. But Miggy, it was, it was a hysterical situation really in some ways because he just started listing out pretty much the whole of the offense and said, down year. Down year. Soler, down year. Avi Garcia, down year. Myself, paused, didn't say anything. <laughs> I think he meant to say that he also had a down year. I think that's what he was alluding to, but he didn't actually say it. <laughs> it's very, very funny if you go and listen in. Cooper, down year. How the hell did bring you Coop? Okay, he had a slump. But Coop, he was an all-star. You can't say it a, in a, a fully down year. I think that was a little bit unfair. Joey Wendell started with saying he's okay. Next thing is, down year for him. <laughs> 
him. Miggy was absolutely piling in on everyone and just basically said that everyone had a down year. He didn't even mention Stallings. He didn't even mention Brian Anderson. He said that Dela Cruz had one good month. I don't know what he said about Jazz. He started trying to say something that didn't make any sense. And for Miggy himself, he just paused and didn't say anything. It was redacted, as they said on Twitter yesterday. Really funny episode. Go and listen to that, guys. The other thing in there, too, which is really interesting before that segment is where he's talking about his meeting. He's had some uh, a lunch with, with Skip Schumacher, and uh, they're obviously kind of filling each other in. You know, Miggy on the current... Uh, and maybe some of the issues they faced into last year. Skip there kind of with his vision of things. There was an interesting bit in there. It's not obviously referencing uh, jazz specifically, but there's there's an element in there where it feels like he's acknowledging that maybe guys do things differently, particularly modern guys. And that's okay. Miggy's calling it out. I think it's a really, you know, it's interesting that he put that out there. Um, and clearly there was this kind of, there was this issue in the clubhouse and definitely you know, Jazz was part of that. Clearly there was an, an issue there with Miggy and Jazz, some other guys. We all know it. We've all been around it, but it's funny to hear Miggy come out and after having a conversation with Skip to say, yeah, actually maybe guys do things a little bit differently in the modern day player and what they need and how they do about it is fine. Da da da. Very interesting. Nevertheless, he then fully slandered everyone after it. Really interesting. He's moving house at the moment, Miggy Rowe. Is that interesting timing? I don't know. Is it? To be moving house right now, of course, it's the right time to move. Um, but I mean, could he be moving? Could he be moving to Milwaukee? I don't know. <laughs> no, he's, he's saying he's living in Miami still. Uh, just further speculation there from me. So uh, let's finish off here with the final transaction. So Luke Williams was then claimed off waivers by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Luke Williams is now a Dodger. Yes, sir. And this is the point. Because you have some of these clubs that have a huge amount of free agents leaving their rosters, they have the roster spots right now, and they can pick up a Luke Williams. Why not? Because there may be some value that, yeah, and there's options too. So they don't. It's not doesn't have to be on the 26 man. So I understand why the Dodgers, and it, you know, it, it looks a bit crazy because the Dodgers are claiming Luke Williams, and overall that sounds crazy. But at the end of the day, Luke Williams a utility guy, a versatile guy that has major league experience and minor league options, can do a job in pretty much any spot. You can see why he'd be claimed. And, you know, good good luck to him um, for sure. Uh, again, I had another slight run-in on Twitter there around that one uh, where the assessment was that the, uh, you know, glove was fine or the speed was fine, but the stick was was not there. I did make a, a connection there that his slash line is almost identical to Miguel Rojas's in 2022. It's almost identical. It's scarily identical, Miggy's and Luke Williams. Uh, and that got me in some more bother as well. Then, as the final, as the cherry on top, the un the unspoken man calls Salsa for me and Sean. Salsa, let's remember, acquired pretty much right before the start of the year, linking to the conversation that me and Craig had yesterday around Dylan Floro, around the fact that they just realized that Floro was not where he needed to be and ended up missing a ton of time at the start of the year. They had to they had to flex. They had to flex quickly. And they went to the Orioles and managed to get a deal done for not one, but two relievers, one of them being Cole Salsa. Salsa came in and actually started the year pretty well and then got hurt and then came, came back and it was never right again for him in, in, at the back end of the year. For me, this was an absolute stunner because there's... I mean, it's not like the pen is absolutely overwhelmed with 
you know, quality arms. Right now, it isn't. I put the list out of the projections, and the projections don't look good. Eliezer's in there. Dan Castano's in. Like, I think it's pretty wild that Solskjaer's had a great year in 21, had a nice start with the Marlins in 22, and then got hurt, and then the, the production fell off, and is, and is gone. <laughs> it seems pretty stunning to me. Um, but nevertheless, Solskjaer, um gone, and the Diamondbacks uh, claiming Cole Solsa. Rightly so, the Diamondbacks should be. And obviously the Diamondbacks would have been one of the first through waivers there. So they, you know, a couple of clubs skipped over him. But yeah, the Diamondbacks, what are they, like fifth, sixth pick maybe on the waiver claim? I don't know. But yeah, Salsa I think is a nice addition for them and for the Marlins. Um, very interesting decision. Uh, I think it's one of those that at some point there'll be some follow-up questions there around that that one and that thinking. But yeah, for the Marlins to send away a couple of guys and a comp pick for the two relievers, uh, Salsa and Scott. Scott obviously had a period where he pitched pretty well but overall with Tanner Scott he was as advertised and that was command issues but stuff's amazing and strikeouts great absolutely throw sliders for days and that's what we saw with Tanner Scott not a closer but definitely an effective guy an effective lefty that has the ability to strike out guys if you can accept a few walks in there and one or two meatballs too it has to be said so that is it the roster is down to summarize bring it all to a wrap Fishman, Gunther, Campbell, Williams, Salsa, Hoeing, Poteet, and Holloway. All gone. In there, it's crunched in there as well. Marlins activated shortstop Miguel Rojas, which is interesting on the transactions. I didn't know he was deactivated, uh, but nevertheless. Um, let's talk about our good friends over at Simply Safe. And then there's a few other topics for us to uh, lead into. I want to talk about this uh, this this uh, interview with with Kim Ang that recently happened, which was uh, published today on MLB.com. Some of the, the questions and themes that came up there, uh, I found some of them very intriguing. Uh, but if you've thought about uh, securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up right now. Locked on listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. You don't. You don't want to miss it. And Simply Safe, what is it? Well, it's a whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home 24-7. Professional monitoring service costs less than $1 per day. Less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. So, don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I'd recommend. You can get 50% off. That is 5-0. 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. This is their biggest discount of the year, so do not wait. Reminder on the uh, URL, simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Okay. Sounds stunning, by the way. 50% off there. So, Kim Ang has been speaking to one of the journalists of uh, MLB.com. It wasn't Christina DiNicola. She wasn't there. But the GM meetings have been taking place. And there was some interesting takeaways. I'll let you guys go and digest the article. But the main headlines for me that I took away. Um, uh, firstly, Jorge Soler. Craig talked about it yesterday. And I think, in effect, Kim is backing this up. Uh, Craig on the pulse? Absolutely. Of course he is. Jorge Soler pretty much going to be dh in. The main DH, the primary DH, is said that they still think he's okay in the outfield, um, and they also want to cycle that role 
to allow guys to to take a take a day, let's say, from the field. But that seems to be the way Jorge Soler has opted in, and the Marlins are going to look to transition him more into the DH spot. What does that mean? The needs they also not they don't just need a center fielder; they also need to add a left fielder or persi- persist and persevere with some of the left fielders that are already there. The other thing that came out, she was asked about free agency. Free agency. Are the Marlins going to be active? No, no, we're not going to be active, particularly early. We're going to wait and see on the free agency market. What does that mean? All the studs, all the talent, all the money required to get the talent. Marlins not in that. They're not shopping. They're not playing in that game. No, no. For the Marlins, trades, trades, trades. It's all about the trades. No surprises here, guys. We all want. I mean, I did hear a source. I didn't hear a source. I made up a source. <laughs> Carlos Correa. Uh, the Marlins were preparing a bid of 50 million. That was in total, by the way. That wasn't per annum. Total bid of 50 million. And that obviously won't be enough. But the Marlins aren't going to be shopping for the guys. There was a nice article put out today by Sports Illustrated, I think, uh, listing the top 50 free agents and predicting where they la- will be landing. The Marlins did have one connection. I believe it was Brandon Belt. Uh, so I think a few people have talked about this kind of first base upgrade situation. I've talked about it. I'd like Josh Bell, but I think a few clubs would like Josh Bell. He might be too expensive for the fish. And so they may end up going a tier below that, looking to get maybe a bounce back candidate. Uh, but fundamentally from Kim, don't expect any blockbuster free agent moves. The Marlins are not shopping in that. They are focused in on the trades. Uh, like I said, Solaire, primary DH. She was asked about Jazz and whether he would stick at second base. The answer was short, but I feel pointed. It was simply for now. (laughs) I think that's what she said anyway. But you could read into that as you will. I've been thinking about it ever since the last deadline. When the Marlins clearly were in relatively advanced conversations, let's say, with the Yankees around a potential Pablo Lopez deal, sending Gleyber Torres back to the Marlins. They also were rumored to be talking to the Dodgers about Pablo Lopez and Gavin Lux, I believe, was talked or mentioned in that package. What does this mean? It means from Jazz Chisholm's perspective, he would need to slide over to shortstop or maybe even third base or maybe even center field. I know that is out of the box thinking and probably isn't the way things go. For me, the most likely is the Marlins are looking to prioritize a stick. If they find a stick that happens to play second base, Jazz is going to slide over to shortstop. It may be that that happens anyway. We'll wait and see how things go. I think that, you know, there's this roster needs so much move. that needs so much attention. It, it's certainly not out of the equation that Miguel Rojas is traded or is added to part of this. Again, remember, Miggy Rowe, it was talked about, was part of the deal for Pablo Lopez to go to the Yankees. So the Marlins are not against shopping Miggy Rowe. And he has value particularly defensive value, as we all know. Gold Glove finalist, two out of the last three years. Stick, not so good this year. Down year, I think, is probably the right way of phrasing it. Um, So that was the main bits from Kim. I think they were very intriguing, particularly about Jazz. Jazz also was, let's remember, when he announced he was playing for Great Britain, explicit, I'm playing shortstop. He wants to play shortstop. He learned second base. He'd be good at second base. And Kim did say that. The fact that the shifts uh, are changing and the rules are changing is going to add value. There's going to be increased value to having a rangy second baseman because there's no shift to help him out now. He's going to need the range. Jazz has the range. Absolutely. So I'm completely with Kim on that. 
I am thought about the impact of the second base position, but the lack of shifting is is going to put more pressure on second base probably as much as any position because they've just got more ground to cover because normally third base was around, you know, helping them out and shortstop was across and you know the drill. So do think that's a really important point. Clearly, let's not forget, when Jazz was playing short in 2021, maybe his brief stint in 2020, it was a bit of a struggle for him. Like we, you know, he, he was, he's really settled into second base. But at short, it it definitely looked and felt like a bit of a struggle. The arm was a little bit erratic. I think that was the main bit. It's not as accurate. And this is one of the main things of Miggy Rowe. His arm and accuracy is sensational. Sensational. It's amazing. And that's the bit, I think, where the drop-off comes with, with Jazz in particular. Just the arm strength and accuracy just isn't quite there with Miggy Rowe. But for Kim to kind of tip a cap to say, for now... For him at second base, clearly I think the Marlins are they're prioritizing bats. They have to, and with that being said, you know if it is a second baseman they have to acquire, Jazz Chisholm obviously stays in the lineup. He either slides to short, to third, or to center field, or maybe even DHs. Who knows? Jazz can do whatever he wants. Um, I'm mindful of time, so I think I'm going to wrap it up there for this one. I did want to touch on briefly the the prospects, but maybe we'll do that tomorrow or in the early part of next week because there has been an updated uh, Baseball America list for the Marlins' top 10, Uri Perez, uh, the headliner, of course. Uh, Sixto says is still in there at number six, uh, which uh, Eli was disgusted about. Um, So maybe we'll spend some time on that in the next episode. But in the meantime, guys, I'll bid you farewell. Thursday's episode of Locked on Marlins is in the books. The 40-man is down to 40. Uh, There is free agency about to start. Trade season is already available. And also, there are some waiver claims that the Marlins could look to make. Reminder, I did see yesterday, Nick Anderson, former Marlins stud, Ray's stud. He is available. Perfect fit? I don't know. Nevertheless, I'll see you again tomorrow, guys.